This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. His first post-college job was a zookeeper. So You were a zookeeper? Wait a minute. Yeah. In Peru. Like, I, how is that not discussed on The Bachelor? <laughs> That's like the most That should have been the thing you are. I know. Who cares about what your actual job was when you went on the show? Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Andy. Big guests, big guests. Big guests. We're very excited about today's guests. Yes. Today's guests came hotly, hotly requested. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very hotly. You guys are extremely popular. People want to know all about you. Ben, ben wasn't aware because you know he only has like 100 million Instagram followers. <laughs> he didn't know he was popular. He's not remotely famous. No. But he's also a quality human being. Mm -hmm. Who does the most with his platform? And rare. I'm not being sarcastic in the slightest. Very rare. We are joined today by none other than Ben Higgins and his gorgeous, absurdly gorgeous fiance, Jess Clark. Thank you guys for joining us. Hey, thanks for having yeah, me. This is great. You. <laughs> I, you know, um, we have a lot of mutual friends. We've never been able to meet in person. Uh, Charlene, you've been on the Almost Famous podcast before. And uh, I, th I think I told you this when you came on, but everybody that meets you two really like loves you two to the point that it's like a little bit like weird. Like they talk about you two, like you are, like you help guide them through life consistently. It's really impressive. Wow. So, Damn. Yeah, I can think of four people off the top of my head right now that have shared that with me. So, Hey, wow. it's good to be here. I'm hoping you can be the Live guy. Up. There's a lot of pressure. There's yeah. a lot of pressure here. Now you like for you guys to like us that way. <laughs> yes, there is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we can well, do it. We can deliver. We're going to start off strong then in that direction. Yes. Because Ben, I'm not finished yet, but I'm on page, let's see, 63 of your gorgeous book. I just have to, I know this is not, we're not, this is not supposed to be a plug, but it's really just so beautiful and also unexpected, unexpectedly beautiful, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Because you would expect to tell all, you yeah. know? And as yeah. someone who has always felt a little weird and alone, I think we all have that in us. So I cannot tell you how how beautiful I really think it is. Yeah, it, it means a lot that you're just even reading it. Because this book took me a while. And it was really weird for me to write, um, mostly because like it was opening up old wounds that like I never really had healed from and trying to pull back memories that like I kind of pushed aside and poor like pull out stories um, from friends of mine that I know that was like pretty difficult to do. Mm -hmm. And I have all this, like, uh, there's all this like ownership and like pride in it and also like a little bit of anxiety in it. And 
a buddy of mine texted me the night before release. He said, Hey, just be proud of the fact that you did it because it's going to feel really weird tomorrow when the world gets it. Um, it's not going to feel like what you're hoping it feels like. And I'm oh. glad he said that because you put a book out in the world that means something to you, like that you actually has a heart, but you don't know who's reading it and you don't know really where it's at and you don't know the response to it. I mean, you can kind of get it from reviews, but then again, like, you know, you and I both know, like the people that review sometimes are the voices that are loudest and they're not always mm-hmm. the kindest and they're not always the most truth-filled. 100%. And so it's kind of out there in the world. And so just for you to read, it means a ton to me. Um, so oh. thank you. Oh, gosh. I mean, I knew that whatever you produced would be quality. I think that's his brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, besides being a good, decent human, it's just everything you do, everything you touch it's high quality. I really mean that. So uh, hopefully yeah. now, <laughs> I hope I'm one step closer to leaving that great impression. Yeah, this is how we do it. We, we slowly butter you up till you're just lathered. <laughs> yeah, we might just never hang up. <laughs> so we're going to go back in time all the way back to the beginning of your relationship. These Love Fest episodes are truly about getting to the heart of why you work. We want to give healthy examples to people of of what an actual real functional relationship looks like beyond amazings and awesomes and these words that really don't necessarily mean all that much and we want specificity you can be as long-winded as you want giving people the idea of what it takes for the two of you to work if that makes sense Mm I have very high hopes for these two. Mm-hmm. No pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just going back to the beginning, what were your first impressions of each other and how have those changed, if at all? You can start these. <laughs> Such nice. a gentleman. <laughs> no, that was really sweet of you. Give it uh, a softball one. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have like, I feel like we have two first impressions of each other because we met on Instagram. Yes. So we had like a three-week span where we never saw each other in person. So I feel like our first like virtual interaction, my first impression was, I guess I'll do our first phone call. I was like, okay, I'm interested in him because I can tell he has a kind heart because we were talking about, um, basically our phone call was initiated because he had texted me a question about generosity and I sent him a voice memo back because I was like, I can't answer this well on text message. So I sent him a voice memo and then he called me. And then when we hung up the phone, his last words were, well, if nothing else, I got a good friend out of this. And so then I was like, my first impression is we're going to be friends. And he (laughs) is not interested. And then we kept talking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then my first impression in person was that he was really tall, a surface level, but Also, we like he's someone that I can talk to forever about anything like it's always been that way. I think phone and in person, it's always been like I can tell him anything and I know he's not going to judge me and he's going to like respond back to me in a really meaningful way. And that first impression is kind of held true through our whole relationship. Like there's nothing that I can think of that would come up that I wouldn't immediately want to tell him first. So that's safe place. Yeah, safe place. He's always been that way, though. 
So it's kind of, not it hasn't smooth, changed. but I'm a safe place. Yeah. I'm safe, but I don't always say the right thing. I think that's why he's safe. <laughs> he's safe because he's not smooth. Yeah, not at all. That's true. Uh, that's good actually point. true. Yeah. Wow, that's a good observation, actually. Yeah, it's all out yeah. there. Smoothness yeah. is overrated, yeah. frankly. Well, smoothness means you're censoring probably a lot of stuff that you're really thinking. Yeah, there's an affect. No one is that smooth yeah. where it's there's no act. affect being put right. into No one's that smooth, only in the movies. To answer your question for me, it's really fun to think back on because I was single and I was at, uh, with a friend of ours, Nick Vial, um, mm-hmm. who sometimes shares great opinions. Sometimes you don't know where he's coming from, but he was sharing some wisdom with me at the iHeart Music Festival when I was single. I said, I don't know how to date. I'm not dating. I don't know how to meet people. I'm, I don't love crowds. Like I don't love to go to the bars. I don't love busy places. Um, and so like, I don't feel like I'm doing it and I don't feel like I'm getting any closer. And he said, you got to start messaging people on Instagram. Like that's what you got to start. Doing. <laughs> Classic Nick Vile advice. Such Nick advice. <laughs> yeah. Very much. So. That's it's like, like boil all of life down to just <laughs> yeah. slide into DMs. Just work on it. Um, and so I took his advice and I was scrolling through Instagram actually Backtrack a little bit. I was in Nashville, Tennessee for us uh, for an event, and I was staying at the um, the Hilton right downtown by Bridgestone Arena. And there's this hockey team checking in, and I was like, I'm going to go to my room and see what hockey team this is because somebody from here has had to post a picture with them. Like, there's all these people taking pictures, so I went on the location um, setting, and I saw what picture popping up. Well, Bridgestone Arena's pictures popped up, and she was at the game, uh, or and um, I was like, that girl's beautiful. And so then I got on her profile. I was like, this girl is stunning. And I don't know why, um, but I ended up just screenshotting it and being like, this is creepy if I message her now. I don't know how to message her. Like, what do I say? And so I held on to it. Well, it was Thanksgiving of that year and my phone ran in the storage space and I was deleting old pictures and I came across her picture and I had some uh, like drinks during the day at Thanksgiving. And I was like, I'm feeling confident tonight. So I messaged her. I said, hey, if you're single and you're ever in Denver, I'd love to take you on a date. If you're not single, then just take this as a compliment. Mm -hmm. And she responded and said she was single. And it's weird to think back on because it was pretty immediate for me that after me just messaging her and talking to her, like through that voice uh, memo and on the phone, that like she lived up to her outside beauty. Like her internal beauty was like radiating. Like the way she talked about people, her friends, her family, strangers maybe people that like i would be critical of i I get pretty critical of people like the way she talked about people that she'd be critical of i was like this is a special human that i need in my life Hmm. so my first impression was that uh i know i said that we could be good friends i think i was just nervous because very early on especially after our first date like we both kind of knew this was going to be something Hmm. either the best thing ever or the biggest heartbreak ever yeah, and but even if it's not the forever relationship, it's a relationship that will impact you and change you. Yeah, yeah 100%. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was my first impression was just like, she's beautiful. But um, just at, we, our first date uh, was at a place in Evergreen, Colorado. And um, we got a bottle of wine and a thing of French fries. And we sat there for two and a half hours and we talked about life. And it was like, this magical moment we just went back yesterday for lunch there uh we do that probably twice a year just go back and like 
it's just funny to look back on that spot and think back on like what that moment represented for us. Um, yeah. So my first impression was like, this is, this is the real deal. She's, she's special. Okay. I have a question about the, that first phone call because Andy and I are big believers in the importance of the voice. Mm-hmm. Did anything sort of fall into place with that moment where you heard each other's? I mean, I guess she had heard your voice before, but that must have been the first time you were hearing her voice. I actually don't know if she had heard my voice before. She she wasn't um, at all familiar with me. She knew of it and knew like the the, the name or like, hey, mom, what's? I think you asked your mom like, mm-hmm. w- remind me who this guy is. Um, oh, that makes her even more perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, my mom reminded me um, probably like six months into our relationship or so. She was like, you do know that you watched an episode of Ben's season with me, right? And I was like, I really, I mean, I don't really remember. Like, I feel like I've watched maybe a, a few here or there. And then I was like, yeah. And when he was on TV, it, it was like a split second. But you're like, I'd date him. And you said that when he was on TV. And I was like, I I mean, I don't remember, but that's amazing. That's super cute. Did the fact that he was on that show make you want to meet him more or less or didn't change anything? I think it made me more curious because Mm. I like when someone messages you and they have a million followers on Instagram, you're like, what in the heck? Like, how did you find me? I was selling postage meters in Nashville, Tennessee. Like, I don't know how he found me. And so I think that I was just like more curious and then, you know, you get to know him and you're like, okay, now I, you're just the best person ever. Like, oh. I love the honesty of that answer. Yeah. If she said no, it didn't change anything. Come on. I was, I was hoping you <laughs> that, didn't that say test. that. I was testing you. You passed. <laughs> no, I'm good. glad I passed that test. <laughs> but I don't think we, we answered your question, the power of the voice. Um, you know, there's this weird moment in dating, at least for me, where you're texting or you're messaging now. And you're wondering when that first phone call is like that, you know, that pitter patter in the heart where you're like, I'm going to call them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know when it's appropriate or right. And so her voice memo to me and and the way she like, a lot, like she cared about my question. I think uh, my question, I was at church and I walked out and I was like, I don't necessarily agree with what was being said. I think this was a dangerous thing being said. And I want to know why, like, I want to process this with somebody. And so I just was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it with Jessica. So I texted her the question and the way she took time to respond was not her. And it wasn't like this res- like impressive, like I'm going to do this because I'm going to show them that like, I'm really neat. Um, it was like this honest feedback that was like critical of my opinion, critical of the opinion maybe that was being shared, but like truthful. I was like, it just like, I remember going, now I can call her. So I called her and I said, thank you. Now let's talk this out. And we did. And it was like, it was just a, it was like a really beautiful moment to start a relationship was like this start of like true honesty and vulnerability on a topic that like, you know, faith matters both to us very much, but like I was being critical and I, I think I should have been, I think we both agreed on that, but like, it was like a level that like connected us more than ever. Mm. And did you, did you actually, the actual sound of her voice and, and for you as well, Jessica, the sound of his voice, was it kind of all you had hoped for? Was it different? Yeah. Because, and if it was different, how was it different? Because when I, I in my experience, I create like I'm from the old school. So I, I used to pick up a phone first, like the first thing, pick up the phone and be like, hey, what's up? Remember me? Like it was terrifying, <laughs> still ter- terrifying back then, even though I didn't even know what texting was. But now, like I, you know, in the last 20 years before Charlene, of course, I got used to 
the whole texting and instant messaging, all that stuff. And I would create a persona. Like I'd create the whole thing. It'd be like the voice. The, I would picture the person the actually mannerisms. saying the things, the mannerisms, the way that the intonation, the timbre. And then it was always totally different when I met them. But I'm just curious, like, were you either of you kind of in any way taken aback by the voice or like, was it was it exactly what you wanted or was it different? I, I always find this very interesting. And there's no wrong answer. There's it, no wrong answer. Did, yeah, if it did you're not going to be penalized for this part. <laughs> I remember thinking his voice sounded very official. <laughs> like I remember, I mean, y'all hear it like it's very deep and in our conversation was so serious that I remember being like, "Oh man!" Like, and I, I'm I'm six yeah. years younger than him, so I remember thinking like, "This is like a man." <laughs> this is a man. <laughs> he does have a manly yeah. voice. You do. Yeah, it's very authoritative. Like I would, I would feel very uncomfortable if you were angry at me. The the podcast has helped. She's. I think to fast forward, you know, two and a half, how long have we been together? Three years now? Over two and a half years. Um, she, sometimes when we're talking, she's like, you have your hosting voice on. Like you need to stop hosting. <laughs> like you're, you're too official right now, um, which is great. Cause I do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, re- I mean, her voice is, and you could probably tell by listening, like it's very sweet. Like it's very calming. Um, I remember hearing it like it's very like welcoming and I think it's one of the like you know she can't like work on her voice I guess but like I remember hearing her voice memo and going like I can call this person because they're just very sweet and like welcoming to the conversation mm-hmm. her voice says a lot about a person it does it really does we interrupt this program to bring you an ad Mm. And, I, and I, another conversation about the butt. We love Hello Tushy. <laughs> we we love the Hello Tushy bidet. Yeah, this indeed. Is an ad, but like it's like we're getting paid to do what we love, right? <laughs> I mean, I love talking about Hello Tushy. <laughs> I love using Hello Tushy. Yes, everything. We we're big fans. Yeah. So, in case you've been living under a rock here at Dear Shandy, mm-hmm. the Hello Tushy bidet is a bidet you can affix to your existing toilet. And you basically turn your toilet into a fancy Japanese toilet that is a bidet. And it uh, it will clean you. It will stimulate you. It will help you use far less toilet paper. Mm-hmm. 80% less 80% toilet. less toilet paper. Yes. Also, Father's Day is coming up. Mm-hmm. I actually think this is a really good Father's Day gift. I'm not just saying that. It's an amazing Father's Day. It's a Father's Day gift that the, that the father is going to laugh and be like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And then he's going to be like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Guaranteed winner. Yeah. Even if the even if the person doesn't use it, it's still good. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. how amazing it is. It has sort of like novelty store yeah. factor fun to mm-hmm. it, but it's also functional. Right. That's kind of rare, actually. For and a kind of life changing if you let it. Give the gift of a clean butt. By going to hellotushy.com slash Shandy for 10% off plus free shipping. So this is a special offer for our listeners. Go to hellotushy.com slash Shandy for 10% off and free shipping. Hellotushy.com slash Shandy. Okay, so next question. How would you guys say you complement each other? I am critical. Like, I am a little bit more of a pessimist. I'm a doubter. Um, I lack uh, optimism at times. Um, my reactions to things are typically pretty poor, especially in chaos. Um, Jessica does not react quickly. Um, 
which is a benefit and also sometimes like a frustration. Like, but when I'm reacting too quickly, she does it. She speaks when she feels like she has the right, like not the right things, but the, she's thought it through, Mm -hmm. um, especially in disagreements. Uh, I, I want to fix it. I want to talk it through. I want to sit down and say, this is what hurt me. This is what hurt you. Let's talk it through. She's more likely to say, I need a day. I need an hour. I need some time to think through this. And I know now she's doing it not from a place of like uh, dismissiveness or apathy. It's from a place of, I care. And as a result, I'm not prepared. And, and then also with that, like, the way she sees people, especially within the midst of frustration or feeling like she's been wronged is from a place of consistency and best. Um, I'm believing the best in this person. Mm. I could very quickly fall into, I believe this person wronged me because they meant to. And as a result, that was not okay. And I have a different view of them. So she helps me switch my view of them very quickly. So when that's, that's more empathetic. Yeah, that's one way. Well, I think kind of piggybacking off of that, um, I am a non-confrontational person. Like, like fights terrify me. I never, ever, ever wanted to disagree on anything. So part of my, like, I need a day to process is because I want to talk it out when there's no, like, heat in the argument so that it's a conversation and not, like, a back and forth of, like, blow up and it turns into something else. And he actually has helped me become a more healthy confronter, either of him or of other people, because um, like, I'm not scared that we're going to have some blow up fight because we never have. Like, it's, it's, it's more hurtful for me to just not say anything to him. Mm -hmm. And so I think that with all of that, he's also helped me become a little bit less afraid of conflict, Mm -hmm. um, which has been really big, especially with like all of the endeavors that we're going through right now and um, just the stage of life we're in, like you have to confront people sometimes and that's okay and it's not scary, so. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. What a great uh, answer. That's a great answer. That's such a good you answer. Rarely, we've never gotten that where like the, t- the couple actually meets in the middle. They learn from each other mm-hmm. how to actually meet in the middle on conflict as yeah. opposed to always assuming that conflict is bad. That's true. Do you have any more or do you want to segue into the next question? Because that is a good segue. But mm-hmm. do you have any more? I, I would just add this coming from recent, like I've had, I've dated great people now. I have nothing ill to say about them. Like some of them are still friends, uh, but you learn from failures. Like you learn mm-hmm. from things that don't work. And I think that's something beautiful that I was able to go through was like, 
hey, I am looking, I am understanding my failures and faults more. And I, I need a partner that will own those with me and help me through those. One of the things is like, and, and she recognizes this now, but like I have this, um, I don't know if it comes from insecurity or what, but uh, this, I, I always struggled with uh, being able to feel free in a relationship, like meaning to go off and flourish not only together, but individually, like to have the freedom, the breath, the, fr- like the, the, I carried a burden of like, how much can I do until my partner is going to feel hurt? And I always like, instead of like going to the boundary, I go far way in front of it and like stop pursuing dreams and passions and purposes because I was afraid that it would, would hurt the relationship. And, and Jessica has like, completely freed me up to say like, Hey, I know you're going to be a good partner to me. Like, I know you want to be around. I know you're going to be loyal. I know you're going to be committed. I know you're going to do all the things that like, I need to feel safe, but you go off and you flourish. Like you thrive, go hang out with your friends, go create a business, go explore the wilderness, go do the things that make you feel most alive. But like, I know you're going to come back home. That to me has been like the best compliment because it's like, I don't even know if she realizes how much that's freed me up in my life to feel more like I can be who I always dream to be. That's, that's a compliment that like, I will always live. I'm obsessed with that answer. Yeah. You guys got to keep the hits coming. Wow. (laughs) Well, because basically what he's saying is with that baseline, we're good. Yeah. It's not like you hanging out with your friends one too many times suddenly is some reflection on your relationship. That happens a lot, honestly. You want your partner to be the most of what they are on their own in your relationship. That's why you picked them. Yes. You just let them flourish. You didn't pick them because of only because of how they can serve you as a partner. That's selfish. That is selfish. And also that person, I wouldn't want to be with that person. If their only function was to be my partner. Yeah. That is such a good answer. Mm -hmm. Living up. Living up. I, I mean, I want to know, even though you guys seem to have the most amazing, efficient, and beautiful fighting styles I've ever heard of on the love fest. This is Andy's favorite question. I, I want to know how you actually fight. Yeah. What do your Walk fights look like? Walk me through the fight and the res- resolution, no, not, not just the fight. Really you can start. It typically goes like this. Okay. Oh, Round one. Ding. <laughs> um, I'm sweating now. Uh, Jessica, we need to talk. And then she says, about what? Uh, And then in the midst of that, there maybe is some miscommunication, some distance uh, from both of us. This is not just her at this point. Um, Some confusion, some shock and awe to it. Uh, And then um, I would honestly say, and we've had some good ones. I could pick two that like, have really um, affected our relationship. But at, at some point, once everything's out on the table and we both, I think, given each other the space to do that freely, it comes down to, I don't want to fight with you anymore. Um, that's usually how the healing starts. Like the, what are we learning here? What are we taking from this? But I don't want to fight with you anymore. That doesn't bring me joy. It doesn't bring me peace. It doesn't make us the best part of our relationship. Who's okay, but we're going to take one step back. Who's the first person to wave that white flag Mm -hmm. typically, or is it both of you equally? I always say I don't want to fight. 
<laughs> that was my first thing. It's like go to the first thing you say. Yeah. Like no like, fighting. After that initial, like we've got to talk and we we give our, our first points. I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to fight. So like what's, you know, how do we solve this? And I think, wow. I think in the midst of that, like I typically like mansplain a little bit, something I'm working on where like she goes, I don't want to fight anymore. Like it feels like we're good, right? And I'm like, no. What is our actionable items? What are we learning from this experience? Let's let's talk a little bit more to make sure everything is good. I could probably get away from that. I don't know if it brings us any benefit, but like she usually says, hey, we're good. Like, I don't want to fight anymore. And then I say, okay, but what are we learning? What are we taking? And it's like maybe a little bit too much of the like, I think I'm like, I think there's some insecurity and like some issues with that that I'm doing to make myself feel a little bit better. But that's typically how we've gone through it is like, I know you don't want to fight anymore. I know you're good about this, but can we talk about it a little bit more? Wow. This oh. is so it's organized. Like TED talk level <laughs> conflict resolution. So <laughs> TED talk. Organized is because I want to avoid it so badly. Like <laughs> That's the only reason why. So I also think like she's in pot, like I could never, I've never seen a benefit in yelling. Like our voices haven't been raised. Mm -hmm. One, I don't think she would ever, I've never seen you raise your voice about anything other than maybe the cold weather in Colorado. (laughs) Um, And so like the tensions never feel dangerous. Mm -hmm. I think words with us can get dangerous, like in the midst of the heat of it, like, what are we going to say that personally maybe is offensive or Mm -hmm. hurts, but like the tone of it is never like, this is getting ugly. It feels like you could sit in a room and talk it out and never feel threatened. Like I, I'm, I don't see a benefit. And it's one of my hopes is that like my voice will never be raised and neither were, will hers, but like that, I don't have to worry about that. She's, she's about as sweet as can be. Um, but like that, like, it's usually about at this tone, like, Hey, Oh like, my so, God. I am yeah. so impressed right now. I don't know if we can even get, count that as fighting. It doesn't sound like, and no. it's not, it's not fighting. It's just chatting Wait. about slight disagreements. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's a fireside disagreement chat. Yeah. So just nothing. There's no. You never feel like. Oh. I feel that way. I definitely feel that way. And I'll usually go. Oh. And that will be it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Interesting. So the execution does not is not raising your voice and just getting like seeing red. That's really impressive. That's impressive. Very I, mature. I impressive. cry before I get angry. Like yeah. tears are usually like what happened because I also like, I have a hard time articulating how I feel sometimes. So then I'll just end up crying and that usually ends an argument pretty quickly. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. It's like the nuclear option. Yeah. I feel like I'm a crier too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, but it's good. You cry. You cry at the right times. Yeah. I. I good, good, my good instinct crying. when I'm really angry, it's it's mostly frustration. Yeah. I feel like it's anger and frustration kind of go hand in hand with me, and then yeah, the tears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes when you don't want them, too. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You 100%. feel like it diminishes your your case. Yeah, but I know it's over once the tears start. That's it. I'm like, I pack all the weapons up. I'm like, all right, forget <laughs> it. Take the troops back. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Yeah. I, I can't win. This, this is yeah. too much. We're also like, we have the benefit. Uh, I will say this. We're very fortunate here. We have both my parents and her parents are still married and for mm-hmm. 30 plus years. And so like I've, my parents are a lot feistier, like Jessica's seen them argue and they can argue like they can, but like 
within an hour, they're back cuddling on the couch together. Um, her parents don't argue like they don't at all. And so we've got to kind of, I've, I guess we both kind of see the balance of like what's been successful to process through disagreements and what hasn't. And like when my parents get like voices lifted, it never does anything good. Mm-hmm. It just makes them both hurt more. Uh, and like, we're both in this forever. Like, so ultimately like I want to implement, and I, I think she does too, like ways and strategies to navigate these disagreements and these hardships in a way that will continue pushing us forward and not set us back any. And that's just, I mean, because ultimately like, we're not, like you said earlier, like we're not getting married to make our lives worse. That sounds mm. awful. Horrible. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're in the minority on that one. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> our country. Conflict should be like sort of a natural progression in a relationship. I feel like when people raise their voice, it's a way of them saying like, we're in a fight now. So it's a break. Mm-hmm. We're like breaking from normal. Now we're fighting yeah. as opposed to what I think is healthy conflict resolution, where it's sort of like just segues from normal conversation to a conflict discussion mm-hmm. to a conflict resolution. Yeah. But I think the raising of the voice is a kind of a way of some people just breaking it's like a new scene. It's like we were not fighting and now we're fighting. This is a fight. And I don't know if that's healthy. I don't know if it's necessarily unhealthy as long as you resolve it well, but I do think it can become unhealthy if you raise it to a certain point and with a certain frequency. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But mom said something interesting this weekend. She said every couple has their own dance and it works for them. Mm -hmm. So like if fighting and yelling like if that's how y'all solve conflict, not y'all specifically, but another couple, that's great. But like it wouldn't work for us because that's not our communication style, but it could work in a different relationship. Yeah, I love that. Each couple has their own dance. Absolutely. On that note, what was an early hurdle in your relationship and how did you overcome it? I would say we did distance uh, for two years. Um, and distance, you know, you know, for me at that point in time included a tour where I was on a bus traveling across the U S hosting a show. Um, I was so bummed about that. We were totally going to come. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. The bachelor yeah. tour. You thing. found yeah. it. You would have found it interesting. Um, <laughs> you know, that was the weekend I was going to propose to her was in New York on that day. No way. Oh, wow. Got canceled. So we did it in her backyard, which was beautiful. It was great. Um, so I would say our biggest hurdle initially was distance, uh, not knowing when we were going to see each other. So we had early on had to like put some like rules in place on what distance was going to look like for us. One of those things was uh, we were never going to leave each other without having another date plan that we would see each other again. That was one rule. And the second, which is people find very interesting, but it worked really well, I think. Do you think? Okay. Um, was that when we left each other or while we were together, we could never express sadness verbally on leaving each other again. So that the reason we did that is because we didn't want every time for us to be together, like say we're together for two days, three days, because that's kind of the sense we could have in the weekends where like 24 hours in advance, we were both like, I'm going to miss you so much. I'm so sad that you're leaving. Please don't go. Can we like, it just didn't feel healthy. And it felt like there was always this like cloud of us. So even if we felt that way and there were tears at the airports at times, we, we, we could, we never allowed either of us to verbally tell each other. We knew we both missed each other. That wasn't a secret, 
but we couldn't put it out in, into the world to say, Hey, I'm so sad you're leaving. You should feel sad about this too. Um, it was just a, an unspoken Again. given and it yeah. made us healthier because instead we sometimes left like happy, like, Hey, I'm going to see you in two weeks. Like how cool is that going to be? Instead That's of I'm so sad you're leaving in two weeks. Such an interesting reframing. That is. Happened. Had you ever done that in a prior relationship? Yeah, that's... Not to minimize the, this, this one, but is no. that a new strategy? Whose idea was that? Yeah. It was mine because I, I carry a lot of um, the planning part for the next trip was hers. But the saddest thing was mine because I realized like I loved her very early on. And I realized also kind of going back to that like burden that I carried in relationships where I felt like almost restricted, not because of the partner necessarily, but just because of feeling like I had to always be present and there and around and um, responsive. Like I knew that if we were going to work and it wasn't going to become unhealthy for us, that like that was something important for us to implement because probably selfishly for me, I just knew I would carry that weight till we saw each other again. Mm -hmm. And I just knew I couldn't help in a healthy way, do it for a long period of time where I always felt sad or I knew she was always sad. That's very clever. I've got to say, um, it's, it's above my pay grade. That that, that, that level, level of cleverness, of relationship skills. <laughs> I mean, that's truly yeah. like switching your mind around and thinking, forcing. Oh. Plus, it makes those few moments you have together, those days, that those twelve hours you could have spent like moping, you really yeah. spending it together, yeah, and not thinking about what's happening after those 12 yeah. hours. I did just the opposite when we started dating. I would like <laughs> set aside a whole three day mope period before yeah. you went away for your gigs in Europe. Yeah, that's true. You, 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 yeah. that's so you actually so me. go now. Okay. We're yeah. taking notes. We're taking notes. Back. <laughs> I got to learn from this guy. Yeah. All right. Seriously. Well, my three day moping period last or started as soon as I got on the plane. My, I think my friends and my parents were most excited for us to not do long distance anymore because they got the tears because I wouldn't, be sad in front of him, and then I'd get home and I'd be so sad. Oh. Okay, so that's a great first hurdle. And now we're going to continue out of order because that takes me to Jessica, a question I have for you. Yes. So you moved to Colorado to be with Ben, correct? Yes. Correct. So we get a lot of questions. So 50% of this podcast is us answering relationship questions because we've been together for a really long time. We're a little older. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> we have a little life experience under our belt. We, and we dated a lot before we met each other. So uh, 50% of our podcast is us answering questions. And a ton of questions we get are along the lines of moving. The, that line of, you know, putting your eggs in that basket of investing in that relationship versus sacrifice. Because it is a sacrifice to some extent. How did you make the decision to do this? And do you have any advice for others in that same predicament? Yes. So honestly, the moving decision was kind of made for us because when Ben talked to my, so we kind of had gone back and forth about where we would live when we got married. Um, and I, when we first kind of had these conversations, I was like, I'm going to convince him of Nashville. Like he's going to fall in love with Nashville We'll move there. My family's there. His is in Indiana. It's a, it's a drive. It's easy. It's like a done deal. And then he asked my dad um, for his blessing to ask me to marry him. My dad told him that we should live in Colorado. So I'm like, and, and Ben shared that with me. So I was like, <laughs> oh, well, I guess that was an easy decision. I'm moving to Colorado and my family wants me to. And so I guess I'm out of here. Um, oh, lucky. And that was 
Did you pay her debt off, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way, yeah, I, it was shocking to me because she's very close with her family. And I don't know if he even meant to say it, but it was right when I asked and we went and we were in um, Connecticut and we pulled over and like, we're looking at the ocean. He goes, Hey, I think you should take Jessica away from home for a bit. I think that would be really healthy for you guys. That's how he said it. And I remember hearing it and I was like, Whoa, like, that's like, you know, you, you hear the horror stories of in-laws where they're like, mm. don't take my girl. You're going to mm. move back here. You're going to live so close to us. And, you know, and he was that, that freedom is like, no, you like you want what's best. And it makes wow. a lot of sense now. Like it is best for us. You know, I love my family. I want to be close, but at the same time, I don't think it'd be healthy for my relationship with them or my relationship with Jessica. And so like for us to have our own place, our own city, our own, area to navigate and move and groove makes a lot of sense so yeah i i, I was shocked but it's been he's a wise man yeah he did i will caveat that with he they came this weekend for the first time and he was like so what are you going to talk about moving back to Nashville?" <laughs> <laughs> and i was like we we have a three to five year mark here and then we'll revisit that conversation but yeah. um the advice i would give about moving for your significant other um, or just because it's where they live is make sure that you have your own thing there before you move. So mm -hmm. like for me, um, during COVID, I went back to school and I got my esthetician's license and I knew that I would have a career out here where I wouldn't be working from home every single day where he's working from home. And I would like have a place to make my own friends. Um, and sometimes that's your work. It might be like you find a church that you're really excited about, or you find, like a, a book club through like mutual friend, I don't know, something, but make sure that that's in line before you move. Sure. So you're yeah. not there and like totally dependent on that person for like your girlfriends, because there are things that like I would tell a girlfriend and she's going to give me the response I want. And I would tell him and he'll be like, okay, I like could care less about that. And then I would be sad. So <laughs> like you need the balance of like guys and girls in your life. So yeah. having something like that in place where you kind of know you're not going to be totally dependent on your partner for like yeah. all the all the needs. It's a good so point. You never want to you never want to be uh, resentful about moving for your partner. That's a real toxic um, position. Exactly. Yeah. I also think there's real. I love that you said you know three to five years and we'll we'll have that conversation. I think a lot of people tend to see every you know big life decision as like forever when it really isn't this could be home for three to five maybe 10 years and then you you just never know so much can happen in one year mm -hmm. i'm sure you guys can attest to that yeah so yeah. yeah great answer i wanted to ask you ben you you asked her father like were you always planning on doing that to, with the woman that you decided to marry or that you wanted yeah. to marry you always yeah. that's interesting asking I, for the blessing yeah. Andy didn't ask. For I the didn't blessing. ask. Um, <laughs> I thought about it. I thought about it. He, it was really early. And we have since learned that you were embarrassed. I was a little embarrassed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He proposed after five and a half months. It was too yeah. short. I no. felt like I felt like it was better to ask for forgiveness than permission at that <laughs> point. So it's a very awkward conversation. Yeah. Uh, super awkward. Like we had a plan for a month. I texted him. I said, hey, we're going to be together for Christmas. On the uh, at some point during the weekend, can you and I just get some time together? 
And uh, he said, yeah. And so I know he was thinking about it too. He knew because, it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, like, uh, I want to talk to you about your golf game. I think it could cut off a couple of, <laughs> couple of strokes. <laughs> and he like pulled up one day to the house. I was staying in a separate house and he pulled up to the house. And he's like, you want to go talk? Like he came and picked me up and I, I, I didn't know when we were going to talk about it, but I didn't know when we were going to find time. And so he came and picked me up and, and I did it for multiple reasons. One, I found it to be something I wanted to do. Um, because we've talked about it many times, you know, we want, we both care about our parents deeply. We want them involved in our life in a healthy way. And we also want to do what we can leading up to, you know, our wedding where, you know, we really become a couple that has to start making decisions and doing things on our own completely to have them to know like, Hey, we still love respect and want their involvement at some level. And I knew that was important to him too. So I never really, I never really thought about not doing it. Um, because I also just knew how important it was to him that I did it. Hmm. Uh, Cause I think that was just pretty much a given he's, he's from Georgia and lives mm-hmm. in Nashville. Like, you know, it's a good old South. Like that's a reason. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I'm glad I did. No, I mean, you're, you're, you're you, par- you both read your audience. Well, definitely. I think in Canada, it's different. <laughs> oh, my dad. Deep South. Did- if you're from the deep South. I would have totally my asked dad your father not, yeah. or else I would have probably got in the business end of a shotgun. <laughs> 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 okay. So, now you are together in Denver. You're renovating, I believe, correct? So question, is there something you do to actively work on or maintain the health of your relationship? Do you have a reset button of sorts? Eight nights. Eight nights. Yeah. Um, I think like one of us will be like, if, I think on weeks where maybe he's traveling, I'm traveling, we have people around all the time outside of just us two there'll be a moment where one of us will look at the other and be like, we need to go on a date this weekend. And it might be a lunch date. It might be a dinner date, but we'll get dressed up and we'll go to a good meal and have a night just us two. And we do it probably weekly or every two weeks. Yeah. We do it quite often. That's it. That's the best thing. The other one is um, living out here. Like there's some chillax because the weather's been really bad out here. (laughs) Um, But when it's nice, there's some tremendous like walks and hikes mm-hmm. that are like really peaceful and quiet. That's another way for us both to get away from our phones and our computers and just get out together. And like, I think for maybe as much as it is for our relationship, it's also really good for us as people to like reset. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do that. I mean, when it's nice, we try, I mean, we do that most days that it's nice. We go on a walk that could be anywhere from, you know, an hour to two hours. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. amazing what that can do. It really is. It's important to remember that even though you're you're married or engaged or living together, you have to go on dates. I know. You have to date. I love going on our dates. Yeah. yeah. Dates are the best. Mm-hmm. You want to feel like you're dating forever. Yeah. <laughs> A frequent question we're asked here on the pod is how how we knew with a capital K the aha moment. How or when would you say you knew and you can, can you describe that feeling of knowing? I know that's super tough. I know. I feel, I think we might have the same answer, but our first date, honestly, because we've been FaceTiming for three weeks leading up to it. And when you date long distance, like those first three weeks of conversation, we were getting to the nitty gritty of who we were as people because we were making the decision of like, okay, if I, if I fly out to Colorado, like, you know, it's time, it's energy, um, on top of the fact of who Ben is to some extent, like it, 
it's a big deal that he was dating someone. And so I think that we were both kind of aware of our situation and the commitment to like, okay, if we're going to even date, this has to be something. So we had a lot of big conversations before we ever met face to face. And then at our, on our first date, when we sat across from each other for two and a half hours, it was like, man, yeah, this is it. I remember leaving that trip and I was like, okay, well, I guess, I guess I'm marrying him. I don't know. I journaled about it actually. Oh, wow. Wait, so you feel you knew on that first date? I think you I knew. Did. knew. Yeah. Wow. Damn. And Ben, you I feel like you're sort of toying with knowing the second you saw her photo. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I mean, like I said, I remember sitting across, I remember the moment I sat across from her at the restaurant said, like, I mean, and I, I remember just thinking, and it come, came from a line from a buddy of mine years ago, and I don't know why this came to my mind, then it's like, this is either going to be the most beautiful thing in my life or it's going to hurt me deeply. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that was knowing. Like, it, I feel like me, I was asking myself like, like a pretty heavy question in my mind to be like, hey, this is the real deal. Like, this just isn't fun and games. We're going to have a lot of fun, hopefully. But like, I, I, I need to pay attention here because I think this might be my wife. So yeah, that was on the first day in person. Um, my dad told me something. Oh, this is the funny story. So my dad is, uh, my best friend and he is also one of the weirdest men I've ever met. Um, he is a man that is, uh, doesn't share a lot of wisdom with you. He has a lot of wisdom. He does life really well, but he doesn't share a lot of it. And he doesn't always communicate things in a way that you expect. Oftentimes you're confused at what he's saying. <laughs> but we were on the roof. We were re-roofing my house um, one day. And I was like, Dad, you love mom. How'd you know she was the one? And he thought about it. And he looked at me. And he goes, Ben. And I was like, this is big. Like, my dad, to share this with me is a big deal. When you know, you know. <laughs> Huh? Like that's all you get? <laughs> Never heard that before. <laughs> he just pulled it right off the rack. Yeah. It's like and, and... And it like he's kind of right because I don't know if there's like I kind of see what he's saying. Like I don't know if there's like a formula or step by steps or if there's yeah. any logic to it. Like there is no process to me leading up to going. Oh my gosh! Like this is going to be the most beautiful thing ever or hurt me deeply. It was just like I knew it at that moment. No. But this was something special. Like, I just knew. Your dad's right. I mean, as much as that wasn't the most interesting yeah. response, <laughs> he's right. There's no other way to say it. I feel uh, like it's a combination, like, of when you know you know and timing is everything. They need to be in line. Because I feel like, like, I love you, but I feel I feel like I've had that feeling before with other people at the wrong times in my life. And maybe ultimately they were the wrong people. But you know what I mean? I just feel like there's, there's, you can just sort of be not at the right place, or the other person, or both of you. I've never had that feeling before. Well, You were engaged. Andy was engaged to someone else. What are you talking about? True, I was engaged. Well, and I would say it this way too, because you and I share a similar story. And you're like, I was engaged before, right? Hmm. Um, The difference with Jessica, is and this might be the the special sauce to it the thing that like really gets me fired up i'm excited is instead of it being a one time hey this could be something or a two time it is a continual reassurance 
a validation, a building upon that feeling of, no, I know, like Mm -hmm. I'm at peace with, like, I'm at peace with the idea of like, Hey, I'm going to marry this person. I'm going to spend my life with this person. And that's exciting for me. Like every day that's exciting for me. That's never changed from being exciting for me. If anything, the more I feel that way, the more I'm reassured in that feeling. So yes, you can, and I would argue that you could probably have felt that at times in your life or like, Hey, this is something special. But I think the difference is, yeah, timing is everything, but also the continual reassurance of asking that question, like, how do you know? And it's like, no, every morning when I wake up, right. like, I know. That's like, a good point. I mean, it has legs. I think what you're trying to say is it has legs. Yeah. It's like, I've had that feeling and you've probably had that feeling yeah. before, but it's sort of like fades a little bit, that comes back yeah. and fades. And, and you're like, wait a minute. And then you're like, a, okay, I'm good. And then you're like, eh. And there's always some doubt. Yeah, always. You don't even know it. You may not know it. You're, you're kind yeah. of suppressing it because you want, romantically, you want it to be mm-hmm. what you want. Yeah, and you but, want to trust your own instincts. And right. if your instincts are like, this is something special, then I feel like even when you do right. have doubts deep down, you're kind of like, but right. but it's great. You that. don't want to fail yourself because you'll feel like you failed. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I thought this was it and now it's not it. So mm-hmm. you try to reinforce it. You're like, no, this is it. This is it. This is it. Yeah. Even though all this stuff, forget about this stuff. But that's, that's true. what not just to do. Keeps, what? That's a very good description of what not to do. Not not to do. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's you're totally right, Ben. It's just like it it keeps growing. Like every day you wake up, you're like, I can't believe this is still happening, and I am excited about tomorrow as yeah. more so than I was yesterday. Mm, Instead yes. of the oh my gosh, this isn't what I wanted. We gotta yeah. I gotta change you. You've got to change me. We've got to fix this. It's like yeah. No, it's just a continual. I mm-hmm. like feeling of peace and excitement and joy and yeah it's the difference between you like it's like almost like you're getting a new brand new beautiful car like something that's outside you that you really like as opposed to sharing Mm -hmm. something like sharing your life with something Mm -hmm. in your own space it's the difference between like it's like a a possession and you like Mm -hmm. your actual whole life is now being shared that's the difference for me oh how how poetic was it, mm-hmm. was it too poetic? <laughs> it wasn't too poetic. I, I thought it sounded I, pretty dumb. I actually was going to go in a different direction. An ex-boyfriend of mine, when he rode a Segway for the very first time, this is back when they had first come out, and mm. I was like, what was it like? And he said, well, I'll put it this way. After many, many hours, the novelty had not come anywhere close to wearing <laughs> off. And I feel like that's... <laughs> so good relationships are like a Segway? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's... Novelty. I've got to say, novel, the novelty yeah. of you has not worn off yet after seven plus years. Give it, a, give it another oh. seven years. <laughs> Final question, and then we'll get to the game. This one's pretty broad. Any beliefs about relationships that have changed now that you have found this one? Um, I, I think that I always thought that I would either have to change something about myself or my passions or like kind of like suppress something about myself because like I I'm a little bit of a nerd sometimes I'm like a little eccentric I don't know I goofy I don't know I feel like I know clumsy I spill a lot um I have an older brother who's an astrophysicist and a younger brother who's a baseball player so I always thought that I would like have to compromise somewhere with my partner like maybe he wouldn't get along with my little brother or maybe want to get on with my older brother and I think that um what this relationship has taught me is that like relationships are better when you are fully yourself like Mm -hmm. me trying to suppress a piece of me would wouldn't like help us and 
it would actually probably hurt both of us in some way because he like I feel like even when I do like spill my coffee all over my shirt in the morning he's like not surprised and just like shakes his head and laughs and if I didn't do that I think I'd take a lot of joy away from you (laughs) (laughs) that's what I tell you Charlene's super clumsy as well yeah and I if I didn't have the the joy of making fun of you it would take (laughs) away from our relationship yeah that's that's a big part of it thanks And by the way, I love astrophysics and baseball. So really, yeah, both of those are two of my favorite things. Who knew? Yeah, maybe you guys together. That's what I'm saying. You're the wrong. You're with the wrong guy. Yeah. I mean, I would go back to the beginning when I said I just had always really struggled with feeling like I. I mean, kind of what she was saying in the sense like. I would have to give up everything to get married. Like in a sense, like I had to be handcuffed to the relationship. I had to, my life was going to get a lot more difficult. And I almost like kind of had prepped myself for that. Like I had to get to a place in my life where I was willing to make my life a lot more difficult before I could make a commitment to a person. Like I was willing to say, I'll give up everything that I've ever loved. I always thought that. And I, and like, I think when sometimes I feel most insecure in our relationship is when I'm creating narrative or validating those feelings again. And that's changed. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's, for me, it's learning now, like the excitement of how can I be a great partner to her, but also um, be a great person to myself and to, and to my friends and to my family and explore and to adventure and to, to show maybe the people around me that like my relationship is something that brings me more joy and happiness and doesn't, make my life harder. Um, mm-hmm. In my mind, I always thought like that. I honestly had always thought that was what I had to do. And this is not the truth. And, and I, and like yeah. you said earlier, like, I don't think I'd want to be with Jessica if she was like, you know, always catering to all of my needs, or I don't think she'd want to be with me if I was doing that. Like what's exciting about our life is when we're together on a date night, I could say, what's going on in your life? And she can tell me things that I don't know or that are exciting and new and I can do the same and we can be there for each other in it. So yeah, I'd say it's the biggest change for me. Good answers. It is. I got to say, oh, you were about to say something. I was going to ask a question. Go. About, uh, I I don't want to bring it to the show, but I, I, my most... The, the most I saw of you in the last few years was Winter Games. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You watched Winter Games? It was Mike, Michael G. Oh. I, we're, we're good friends we with Michael, Michael G, who you yeah. obviously are. And, and you know, that was that was his big, his his um comeback. <laughs> <laughs> he really, really nailed that one. But uh, my question to you is this. I, I think whether it was an edit or not, you seemed very sad on that show. And it was about, I know you had broken up and I know your relationship at the time was did not do well, but was that more a function of you being down on just being in that world so much at that point? Was you had now been on the show, you know, this this was your, what would that be? His, His third. third. Third time in a franchise show. It's a two-part question. One was, was I seeing someone who was more upset about just sort of that world that he was stuck in as opposed to being out of a relationship that he wanted to succeed. And the second question is, do you feel like in meeting Jessica that you kind of, I don't know what it's it sort of has a negative connotation, but do you feel like you escaped? Like, do you feel a relief about getting out of that world successfully and finding a partner 
a civilian, let's call her. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think you're reading it wrong. I think when I went on Winter Games, I remember the request and the process of thinking through it. And I was like, this could be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, you know, the leading up to it being um, this, this probably could help me take a step forward, right? It could push me out. And I got there and I remember all of a sudden you're sitting back in, in an interview room and there's cameras around you and they're asking you about stuff that you've moved on from. Like personally, mm-hmm. I had moved on from those things, right? Like mm-hmm. I had moved on from past relationships. I was, I was in a different place in my mm-hmm. life, but then you go on the show and for a month, you're in an environment that continually reminds you of your time being the bachelor. And then second, they're asking you questions trying to and doing a pretty successful job of opening up wounds that are left open. Right. And so I remember not being emotionally, a friend of mine just called me and she was talking about going on paradise. And she's like, tell me about your time on winter games. And I was, I, I was thinking back, I was, you know, I, I wasn't emotionally ready to do that, nor do I think I ever would be again. Like it just wasn't a healthy thing for me. Mm-hmm. So I was sad I was disappointed. I was confused. And then again, like you have the questions come to you, like you were the bachelor at one point. Does it feel weird to be here now? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> like, I don't even know like what being the bachelor has to do with this, but like I, on a sense like you start to reinforce that you're a failure or that you're like a disappointment or that you, mm-hmm. there's something wrong with you. And I'm, I'm quick to go to that place within my life is like, yeah, there's something wrong with me. And so after too long of living in that, you're just like, I need to get out. And that's what happened when I finally broke down. Chris Harrison, who's a buddy of mine, finally came to me. He's like, dude, you're not yourself. And that was off camera. And then he's like, cameras came in. He's like, hey, you're not yourself. And I'm like, <laughs> buddy, I'm not. Like, I don't want to be here. Like, this isn't, this is, this is too real for me. Like, this isn't a fun experiment, experiment anymore. This is like, I need to get out. Um, I'm not, I'm not becoming a better man or am I going anywhere good by sitting in this place any longer. Now with Jessica, I don't know. Like, I think I was willing to find a partner, the, the best partner for me, uh, wherever that may lie. Uh, there was not the, she's on the show or not on the show any moment. It was, no, I love this person, no matter what their background or what they brought into it. And so I, I've never, you know, what was actually kind of important to me in a weird way was uh, that the, the bachelor world would welcome her in. Like that was like, after we were together and announced it, like, it was important to me that my friends from the show and stuff would like welcome her into that world because they like, I think she can teach them a lot. And I think they can teach her some stuff too. Like they, they can tell her what it's like to be in that experience and what it's like to have that televised. And then she can teach them what it's like to never be in that experience and never have that televised. And what life looks like when you don't have that to lean back on or to, to make you a living. And so for me, it was just like, when I, when I met her, it was like, no, this is just, the right person for me, mm-hmm. no matter what her background. I think both of you, I think the thing that, that jumps out at me is you're both very giving people. Yes. Like it's very obvious mm-hmm. and not just like, we know your resume, we know Ben, what you're doing with your, your profit and stuff, but you guys are giving people, it, it emanates. It's very obvious and you're great for each other in that sense that it's just like you, you met each other for a reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, enough Thank sweet talk. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's it's it. time for the You're game. done getting buttered up. Now we're going to ruin your relationship. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, this was at the beginning, and then we were, we 
<laughs> it's now time for the Dear Shandy Newlyweds game. Yay! Okay, you guys were very funny mm-hmm. during this. You were mm-hmm. back to back without having to be prompted they're about cheating. They're both serious game players. They're, serious. There was no joking around. No. Ben was like steely yeah. faced. Mm-hmm. And Jessica, I thought she was stressed because she didn't think she knew the answers. It turns out she was just stressed at the thought of losing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate to lose. Maybe it's because I'm, I might be because I'm the only girl and, yeah, I don't know. I should be competitive. competitive. <laughs> All right. Nope. We'll see how this pans out. This Andy, do you want to make your predictions? Oh, that's right. Andy has predicted two, twice ever and he was two for two. Ben's going to win three to two. Okay, we'll see. Question number one, who should we start with? I think we'll start with Jess. All right. Jess, what was your first job? Postage meter sales. Not true. That was my first job. (laughs) I knew that's why I asked the question. You were a waitress at the bar. Oh, like not first career job, first job. Oh, no, first thing you ever got paid. First job. Yeah. Oh. Like why I asked, what if the person doesn't <laughs> it This is the first time. That's amazing. This guy's so prescient. This is the yeah. first time someone has gotten their own first job wrong. Yeah. <laughs> ben officially knows you better than you know yourself. He wins. Hostess. That's who you want to marry, though. Someone that knows you better than you know yourself. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Ben gets a point. Ben, we're rewarding you because you even saw this coming. You yeah. said, what I if the person... I knew right when you asked, I said, she's not going to remember wow. being at the bar in Nashville. I don't even know if you have to finish the game. I think Ben just won. <laughs> he knew exactly what I was writing and he knew it was wrong. Yeah. Just for anyone wondering, because we will cut that part. When I asked this question, Ben said, what if the person doesn't write the right answer for themselves? Yes. <laughs> and he saw this coming. Amazing. Wow. Amazing. Damn. Okay. It's a good, good, uh, good husband. My good husband. Yeah. Future husband or fiance or boyfriend, anything. Just good pal. Good <laughs> Good pal. Good bud. Good bud. Ben, what was your first job? What was the first uh, thing you ever did and got paid money for? I wrote both because I I know she knows this, and I that's when I said I she's not gonna get this right. It's I was a bag boy at a golf course, and then on the side I ran a fish fry business. So, oh, totally, totally reasonable. So yeah. cute. That's the very cute jobs, yeah. but also simultaneous. I was going for post-college jobs. Uh-oh. <laughs> His first post-college job was a zookeeper. So You were a zookeeper? Wait a minute. Yeah, in Peru. Is that in the book? I, if it is, I haven't gotten there yet. What? It's not you in there. You were a zookeeper? That's like I, How is that not discussed on The Bachelor? <laughs> Like the most that should have been the thing you are. Who cares about what your actual job was when you went on the show? <laughs> no, I took care of uh, I took care of the bear. So my job, I was in Peru at a uh, rehabilitation like, zoo, and the bear would be out, and you go with two people. One person would make sure the bear don't come to you, and the second person would pick up all the old food and dump the new food, and then you would run out so before the bear like came in to eat because there's no holding tanks in the zoo I worked at. So I did that. The monkeys. Uh, the condor and um... okay. Oh this my is, god! This is. Have you spoken of this in other? Oh my god! How this is this, is this not is a Dear about... Shandy exclusive? 
Yeah, this is this is this is a oh something my. I don't talk about very often. No. You don't understand. We go to the zoo all the time and we always talk about how cool it must be to be we a zoo. We were just at the zoo this Saturday uh, yeah. talking about how cool, cool. it'd be to be a zookeeper. I, and I said that if I I would throw my whole life away to be the person that takes care of the snow leopard at the zoo. We in fact also agreed that the only way we could love each other more is if we like each other was a zookeeper. I, that was another conversation. I said, yeah. If, Char- <laughs> yeah. If, if Charlene had told me she was a zookeeper, I would have married her yeah. on the spot yeah. the first yeah. day. Okay. So I, unfortunately, I don't think we can give Ben no. the point for that, even though. No, I think the the whole end, the, the, the culmination of that whole thing is that Ben has one point and you have zero. Yes. Sorry, Jessica. <laughs> It's fine. It was just a simple no. miscommunication. No, no, no. You're just you're just not a good a good partner. Next question. Question number two. Andy thinks this is a dumb question, but I like this question. Question number two. Jess, what's your favorite smell? Cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing ben? You, you guess cookies. Excellent. Oh, a specific cookie. Very. A specific cookie. Very good. Very well done. Okay, Ben, what's your favorite smell? Barbecue or like a smoky smell. Mm, like nice. can't, this can't go wrong. I with said that. bourbon. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. Like this, the smokiness. Oh, and I, I think we're going to give it to her. That's yeah, they're, like, to, like, they're siblings. Oh. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. But but be uh, you're an honest person. I know you're not going to lie. Are you talking about the smell of like a drink of bourbon or the smell of bourbon like essence? The drink of bourbon. Like oh, when yeah. he is, when he is tasting bourbon, he smells. Okay. It. All right. Whatever. That's that's he, she's getting the point because yeah? bourbon feel- is often smoky. Are you okay? That's what I love in bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. Right, is everyone okay with this? Are you guys yes. okay yeah. with this? Okay. All right. Right, she, she deserves the point right, for that. Fine. What are Give you expecting her. her to get barbecue slash smoky? Come on. <laughs> or to eat barbecue or smoky. They're in the same family. Bourbon is smoky in nature. All right. I'm, I'm okay with you it. You don't drink enough bourbon to know what you're talking about. I don't drink any bourbon. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I know nothing. I got to say, I think my question was a success. So I think it was. You can suck it. Okay. Um, I will suck it. <laughs> question number three. It's your last meal on earth, Jess. What do you order? Um, Some sort of... Fish and chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Mademoiselle, this evening we have a special fish and chocolate chip cookie. Uh, you just need a protein and then a carb. Got it. That, I thought, that is efficient. Mm-hmm. Last, yeah, it's efficient. It's <laughs> last meal on earth, and you're like, I'll have, I'll have just fish. Oh, oh. Chip cookies and a salad, but. Mm. He got the cookie. Mm. Not the mm. cookie. Uh, this one's on the fence for me. The reason I'm not going to give it to him. You, it's me who gives the points. Oh, well, I, as, as I'm the, the survey, I'm going to, I'm going to recommend no points because it wasn't specific enough. He said, she said chocolate chip cookie. He wrote chocolate chip cookie. I'm giving Ben the point on that. All right, all right. <laughs> I mean, look, I bet on Ben. All right, Ben, it's your last meal on earth. What do you order? This is an easy one for margarita pizza and a salad. I'm I able to get one step further and did your favorite dessert. Margarita pizza, kale salad, strawberry rhubarb pie. Oh, nice. Excellent. Was Excellent. it a kale salad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I knew, I knew she was going to nail it. 
Very impressive. I respect that pie choice, by the way. This one was hard. Rhubarb mm-hmm. is underrated. Mm-hmm. I've never tried it until then, and it's delicious. It's excellent. It adds that tartness. It's necessary. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very balanced dessert. Question number four, Jess. What is your weirdest skill or hidden talent? I'm double jointed. Ah, oh, uh, okay. Every like my elbows, my knees, my ankles, my fingers. It freaks can we, me out. Can I, no, can how we, does that work for knees? Well, I want to. I don't want to see the knee. No, That's I, gonna give me nightmares. No, but can no, you show no, me something no, going? No. Show, show me something. Oh, oh weird. Yeah. It's, it's like I, I do this often. <laughs> I, just, I don't realize it, but it'll just pop out and then he'll straighten it. That looks fun. It. Does that feel good? Oh, he got it. Good. Wow. Double jointed. You got it. I, I Excellent. Wow, you were down yourself about that one. Wow, ben, this is a strong showing, ben guys. Is and I and I, I have to say, I, like I knew it was gonna be strong. I I downplayed the three to two because oh, I didn't want to go. It's too aggressive to go for. I mean, the all time great was four three. The all time so, great. The all time. That was very impressive. But I want to get yeah, back to the double joint. Does it feel good to to do that? Yeah. Jess? Does it feel good like a release? It, it feels like a normal like arm straighten. Like I mean, I would imagine. I guess I don't know what a normal one feels like, but <laughs> yeah, it's just. Like if I'm raising my hand in class, that's just what happens. Ben, yeah. what is your weirdest skill or hidden this talent? Is, this was a hard one for her, but I said I, I being running the fish fry business, I fry great fish. Like <laughs> just, that's a skill. He's never fried fish for me, so how was I supposed to get that correct? <laughs> that, that you knew that she was never eating it. That was a failure from I, outside. I don't think she knew what to answer either. I don't think she knows the unique skill I had. She just said I'm tall. <laughs> <laughs> I got to admit, Ben, you are amazing at being tall. She's so good. She's good. I would have never guessed. I would have never guessed. I would have thought you were like at most six one, at most. No. Every time I meet a bachelor guy, it's always everyone's so tall. That's true. Every bachelor guy is so tall. Ben is tall even by bachelor even, standards. Even by bachelor, you're like an inch taller than the average bachelor guy. Yeah, that's my skill. That's your skill. So. See, I wasn't wrong. You did not get a point for that. <laughs> but but it is true. it is funny. Question number five, Jess. What show do you watch because of your partner? Meaning you would not watch it if it were not for Ben. Hmm. Yellowstone. She's not wrong, but she hasn't finished it, nor can I claim that she's actually watching it. I watch it when he's <laughs> <It's> cryptic. <laughs> The show means a lot to him, and I know a new season's coming out. And so I was like, well, whenever he travels, I'll try and watch it at night. And I can't do it. It's like too much blood before bed. I get weird dreams. No. So I'm the I same. I did basketball and sports for her. Um, okay. Wow. You watch sports for her. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. no. He was answering. Yeah. That was what he thought she would say. Oh, my bad. But Jess, I'm the same. I can't watch too much gore at night. It's not a good idea. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Ben, a rare miss for Ben. You Mm -hmm. did not get it. Ben, what show do you watch because of Jess? Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Excellent. Very good. That was a very impressive showing. 4-3, Ben, you are the winner of the Dear Shandy Newlyweds game. We're not embarrassing. No. 4-3, are you kidding? That's... You're tied for the highest score. Yeah. With uh, Kevin and Astrid. Mm-hmm. And, I and bel- Ashley I and Yeah, Ashley I Jared. and Jared. And I 
was it Rachel and Brian or did they get three, two? Yeah. This is a very high score. That's you should be very proud of yourselves. Yeah, <laughs> that was impressive. And I knew, I knew it. I knew they would perform. I actually, as I said, I knew, I, I had a feeling that they would do better than almost anybody. I just, I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I predicted it was three, two. And... We're going to let you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us. You were such wonderful guests. Thank and yeah, thank you so much. Thank you really for letting us it. peek into what makes a relationship work. Thank you for your great yeah. answer. Very happy for you. This guys. is really fun. Thank, Thank you guys. guys. Appreciate y'all. Hope yeah. meet in person soon. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Hope so. Have a great Monday night. See y'all. See you. Bye guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was adorable. Yeah. Those guys are. Those guys are good. <laughs> They're good. They are good. I just can't believe the zookeeper thing does not get more coverage. I mean, I think there should be a whole like reality show about his history as a zookeeper. <laughs> I agree. I want I more photos. Yeah. I want more information about that in general. That's really an amazing thing to just keep in your pocket. Yes. And but, he, by the way, it was her who, who revealed it. Yeah. I would lead with that. Like every person I met, I'd be like, hey, I'm Andy. I was a zookeeper. In Peru. In Peru. <laughs> yeah. In Peru. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Anyway, Ben Higgins, zookeeper, author. TV star. Co-founder of tall, Generous tall Coffee. Tall guy. Tall glass of water. Founder of... And Jessica is very impressive on her own. Do you know she co-owns two gyms? I know. She, they're both... They're, they're, they're a power couple. A power couple. They totally are. Mm-hmm. And I love that he married... Or he will marry a civilian. A civilian. Mm-hmm. It's great. I, I, I feel very good, good things about them. And um, not surprised that... They, they killed the newlyweds game. No, they did kill it. Ben, actually, I was thinking Ben had stood a very good chance of getting the first ever five out of five. He was really close. And I'm sorry, I don't care what you say. Favorite smell? It's a good question. You're right. You're actually right. Thanks. Sorry. So if you, listener, enjoyed what you heard today, you can keep Dear Shandy in business by liking, subscribing, hitting the notification bell, uh, following us on Instagram, leaving iTunes reviews and ratings, mm-hmm. and telling your friends, and generally doing all the things you would do to support a little podcast. And on that note, I think we can wrap this stupendous Love mm-hmm. Fest episode. Such a fest. <laughs> I'm so claiming that the episode itself is stupendous, but it's really because the couple was stupendous. The couple always makes Love Fest. It's true. But we are good at curating couples. <laughs> You taking credit? Taking credit for their relationship. (laughs) Taking credit for the success of this episode. The reason their relationship is good is because they were invited on Love Fest. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And if you want more of that, keep listening to Dear Shandy. Yep. And on that note, I think we can wrap. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much, you guys, for listening. And we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye. Dear Shandy. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.